My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. high, I became acutely aware of like sexual assault and all these issues. And I was stunned that we hadn't talked about it. There was the whole Me Too movement going on, the issues with Brett Kavanaugh. And I just remember feeling so angry and helpless because we weren't discussing about this anywhere, yet it was happening. And I just, I didn't know what to do about it, but I knew that I had to do something. That's the voice of Haley Bryant. She and Emma Clark are today's guests on Talking Radical Radio. This show brings you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are involved in many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening can strengthen all of our efforts to change the world. Emma Clark and Haley Bryant are both grade 12 students at Western Canada High School in Calgary, Alberta. And they're both active members of a group at their school called the Committee on the Status of Women and Girls, or CSWAG. The experiences of high school among young women and other gender-oppressed people today are both very different and sadly similar to those a generation or two in the past. On the one hand, there's been remarkable technological, cultural, and political change over the last 50 years, at least some of which has been driven by feminist and other justice-oriented struggles from at least the late 1960s. On the other hand, as important as those past victories were, a lot of the challenges that young women face in high school are still very related to what their mothers and grandmothers faced, even if the details differ. Bryant identified, for instance, a, quote, general level of misogyny that's accepted, end quote, and a kind of broad questioning of women's accounts of their own experiences. Today's guests also talk about a lack of representation of material by and about women, especially racialized women, in curriculum and a lack of discussion of ideas central to naming the experiences and struggles of women in all of their diversity. Among the most crucial issues is the ongoing pervasive reality of sexual harassment, abuse, and assault. In lots of gendered configurations, yes, but most often experienced by women and girls, and most often perpetrated by cisgender men. And a lack of adequate educational and institutional resources to respond to that. On the first day of school in September 2020, Clark asked one of her friends where she needed to go to sign up for the feminist club at their school, and she was shocked to discover that there was no such thing. Nor did such a thing exist in any other high school in Calgary either. So the two of them set out to found one. That process involved pitching the idea to their school administration, which was very supportive, and setting up a process for interested students to apply to be part of the group. They received a lot of applications, including one from Bryant. She'd been working as an individual since she was in junior high to try to get consent education included as part of the curriculum in Alberta, and she jumped at the chance to do feminist work in a collective context. In founding CSWAG, they very deliberately decided that it would not just be a student club, but a formal committee with bylaws, subcommittees, and all the rest. There were a number of reasons for this, including wanting to have an organization that would endure after the current leaders graduate, but most importantly, it was a strategic choice intended to push back against the ways in which both feminist concerns and the voices of young women are so often trivialized and dismissed. Addressing sexual harassment and assault has been the group's main focus so far. One of the subcommittees leads this effort. The other subcommittees, which engage in education, research, outreach, and communication, respectively, 
coordinate their work in the context of this focus while producing broader materials as well. They write articles and produce their own social media resources on feminist topics like intersectionality, rape culture, and consent. They've compiled a list of resources for sexual assault survivors. They've created a website. And they worked with administration to get the school to offer a gender studies course next year. Currently, they're raising funds for a local women's shelter and have been doing an educational campaign around sexual assault. In March, they're bringing a speaker from a local feminist organization to the school to speak about consent, which they hope will be a prelude to mandatory consent education for all students in the school in future years. Over the longer term, they want to see a broader effort to get consent into the provincial curriculum, and they're keen to support the founding of feminist student groups at other high schools. I speak with Clark and Bryant about feminist organizing in the high school context and about the Committee on the Status of Women and Girls. My name is Haley Bryant. I'm a 17-year-old high school student at Western Canada High School, and I'm in grade 12. I'm very interested in anything that has to do with equality and really just making sure that we make our school environment and our community a safe space for people of all gender identities. And my name is Emma Clark. I'm also 17, and I also attend Western Canada High School, and I'm also in grade 12. And the same message as Haley. I'm just here to promote gender equality within our school. We're both members of CSWAG, which is the Committee for the Status of Women and Girls. This committee has been operating for about a year now within our high school. How did you each become concerned on an individual basis with questions of gender equity? When I was younger, I was like the brainiac student in elementary school. So I love to read. I love to know things. And a lot of my confidence came from my knowledge and my intelligence. And a lot of my power came from that sort of thing. And then when I hit junior high, there was kind of this shift that I experienced. And so many other girls and so many other students experienced this kind of shift in junior high where I felt that how I looked and how I presented myself as a girl and as a woman was more important than this knowledge. And so I felt very powerless. And I also felt really insecure. And at the same time as I was coming to terms with how my knowledge was almost not as valuable as how I looked, I was also witnessing the Me Too movement. I've always wanted to go into a career that's in the film and television realm. And this dirty secret that emerged from Hollywood really shocked me and it really upset me. And so these two things are what pushed me to get really interested in this kind of work. So after junior high was over, I started reading a lot of feminist books and a lot of feminist literature. And I went back to my old ways, kind of refound the power that I had and the confidence I'd found within knowledge. So that's the realization that prompted me into this kind of work. For me, I grew up in a really politically involved family. So I grew up in a family that encouraged me a lot to speak my mind and express my opinions. So from a very young age, that was something that I was participating in, you know, debate and speaking with adults. And I was lucky enough to have a lot of strong female individuals in my family. My grandma, she was the assistant deputy minister of culture and multiculturalism in Alberta. And she was the chair for the Western Division of the Refugee Board. So kind of growing up with her as this amazing influence around me and seeing all of the good that she was able to achieve in a time where women were not 
succeeding as much in politics due to their gender and like all this discrimination, it kind of sparked me into getting into activism. And then same thing with Emma, you know, in junior high, I became acutely aware of like sexual assault and all these issues. And I was stunned that we hadn't talked about it. There was the whole Me Too movement going on, the issues with Brett Kavanaugh. And I just remember feeling so angry and helpless because we weren't discussing about this anywhere, yet it was happening. And I just, I didn't know what to do about it, but I knew that I had to do something. So I took what I learned from when I was little, being involved in political discussions and just started using my words to speak out and take some control over the situation. And then obviously, as I grew up, unfortunately, it became less of me reading on the news about sexual assaults. And it became more of like my friends and my peers becoming those people who were part of the statistics. So especially this year, and especially throughout my high school career, I found it so important to speak out on issues particularly involving sexual assault. Tell me about your school. Western, it's I'm pretty sure the biggest public high school in Calgary. We have over 2,000 students. It's right inner city, Calgary. We have a lot of different programs, the English program, but then the French immersion program and the international baccalaureate program. So Western attracts students from all around Calgary and even students from outside of Calgary to come and study here, which creates a really interesting environment because you just have so many students from such diverse backgrounds connecting at this school. Yeah, and I think Western kind of is a high school that sets an example within the city. So we have this culture here that's kind of like lead by example and put your best foot forward, that kind of thing. What were the circumstances that led to the formation of CSWAG? In my grade 11 year, like the first day of school, I was asking my friend Livia Ion, who I co-founded this committee with, where the feminist club ran out of, like, where could I join a feminist (laughs) club? And she goes, I don't think we have one. Growing up, I was highly aware of these systemic issues that involve women and sexual assault and sexual abuse. So it was kind of a no-brainer for us to get it started. We had this loosely formed idea of a club or a committee surrounding those kind of things. And then we went to Jason Swanton, who is one of our teacher sponsors, and he helped us make the frame of reference and get it going. And then we took applications and we had more of a standing committee and we could really work to get the structure together. And it's the first of its kind within the city that we know of. And what was involved in that process of turning the idea into a functioning committee? A lot of it was just pitching it to our administration. And the administration was super welcoming and very encouraging of our idea. And then a lot of this was these applications that we received. We did this by Google Form and people who wanted to join had to fill out these two questions if they wanted to be able to join. It went up to the whole school. We received several number of applications and we just read so many people who were so interested in this kind of work. So we knew it felt right. When Emma reached out to me with the Google form and was like, you should apply to this, I obviously jumped on that opportunity because I had been waiting really to find a collective that wanted to help me with this work and also just elevate like my voice and being able to lend that support to other people. So I was so, so excited to have that opportunity. How did you develop a structure and a plan of action? A lot of this was just having discussions with these people who we accepted Together, we collaborated on an idea of what the committee would look like and how it would operate in the next year, so this year. And we eventually came up with five different subcommittees. 
And so each of these people who we accepted now operate these subcommittees. And then also a lot of it was figuring out what was important and what we needed and what we didn't need. And a lot of it also was trying to make the committee sound as formal as possible so people would take us seriously because it's a serious issue and we didn't want to come off as like a club. So we created this frame of reference and it also has a lot of details on voting and passing motions so that we're kind of like this official entity. Tone and also messaging was something that we had to be really careful and precise with because obviously with the nature of our committee, respect was something that was difficult to get. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we felt so I think it was really important that we were very clear and concise with what we wanted. We really wanted to make sure that we were a accessible to the student body and they felt that they could, you know, connect with us. And also just that we were a serious committee that was going to actually do some progressive work in our community. And this frame of reference was also so important because we wanted this committee to outlast us. We definitely did not want this to be a thing where we were part of a committee for a year and then it disappeared off the face of the earth. So we made this frame of reference intending that we'd have this structure, it would last, and many more students would be able to participate in this committee and be able to continue our work because it's continuing. It needs to be continued. It's not going to end with us, obviously. Give listeners a broad overview of the work that C-SWAG has done in the year since it was founded, and then we can maybe dive a little deeper into some of the specific things. I think that our committee has achieved a lot of great progress within our school community. I'm the chair for the Committee for Sexual Violence Prevention and School Safety, and currently we're working on a campaign to bring in someone to present a presentation to our school on consent and the importance of consent and what that looks like in a student's life, as well as the laws surrounding consent in Canada. So that's the big project that we've been working on this month, as well as an education campaign around sexual assault. It has been a long, long process to get this through and, you know, working with administration and the CBE to make this possible. And it's been really great to kind of have this collaboration and so much support behind us to get this message out because it's so important. And currently, we also have a fundraiser going on for a local women's shelter. We also have recently put up a website. And we have our research and education subcommittees writing articles about different aspects of feminism that are put up there. And then we've also recently created this comprehensive link tree, which has a bunch of resources for sexual assault survivors. And we've also been able to do a lot of social media campaigns and posts that have been accessible to not only the student body, but also the Calgary community. So that's been really great, especially with Black History Month in mind. We've really been trying to work on spreading that message of intersectionality and the importance that it has in feminist work, because I think it's really important to stress how we need to make sure that we're representing diverse voices when we're talking about feminism, because there's so many people that are affected by the patriarchy, and it's not necessarily just women. So it's really important that we include people and all gender identities when we're doing work on equality. Yes, and we are always trying to get better at that, obviously, as well. And also next year, gender studies is going to be an available class for people to take at Western, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. We had that added into our school's list of courses to take. 
And we also have set up a book recommendation shelf in our library, which is awesome too, where our different members can kind of suggest books every month and they're up in the library for people to see and for people to maybe pick up and read. We've touched on this a bit already, but based on the many conversations that I'm sure you've had with your peers, what are some of the things that emerge from everyday life in the context of high school and in the lives of high school students as feminist issues that need to be addressed? Just this general level of misogyny that's accepted, whether that be through, you know, comments in the hallways or just on social media or discussion. Like, I think that there can be a lot, you know, criticizing how women and girls look. And that definitely gets to students emotionally and it builds up like it's definitely a psychological burden. And obviously, with the work I do with sexual assault, I'm kind of acutely aware of that issue within our community. And unfortunately, this is a nationwide issue that so many young girls are becoming victims of sexual assault and they feel helpless. There's not a lot of resources or education surrounding consent or where to go and what to do. So I definitely think that that's such a huge issue because the concept of sexual assault and the topic is definitely, I found to be very taboo. So it's difficult to understand the steps you can take once you've been affected by that if you don't feel even comfortable bringing up the topic. Not only is it taboo as an individual who lives my life every day, I've noticed that it's also an issue that's not really taken seriously. Mm And it needs to be, obviously. I think definitely something that we've seen a lot this year through comments on social media or news articles is people questioning the validity of women's experience. People really questioning like the need for our committee Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, well, it's the 21st century. We don't we don't need to do this anymore. Like equality already exists. However, there's still so many systematic issues that impacts women. And it can be really discouraging and disheartening to hear people who don't believe you when you're doing so much work and like it's affecting you every day and people just dismiss it. Yeah. And even within the health portion of Alberta's curriculum, consent isn't mentioned at all, but abstinence is like about four times. Everyone has to take this course and not having consent a part of the curriculum kind of just diminishes the issue because it's such an important thing for people to learn. Not to mention the lack of education around queer relationships and how sexuality works Mm -hmm. in the sex ed curriculum as well. And that definitely impacts women and girls. Go into a bit more detail about the committee's work related to sexual violence. I've been trying to get consent part of the curriculum in Alberta since junior high. Most of that work had been on my own, you know, trying to talk to different people involved in politics and trying to get meetings with people who could help me out. And I felt as though as an individual, I wasn't really being listened to. So when I finally had the opportunity to join a committee that would help support me, we really started to see things move because we had that connection established with administration and with administration being able to help us get in contact with people at the Calgary Board of Education. 
So I think just the platform that C-Swag has given me has allowed me to collaborate with people and get this to happen. So when it was made very clear by our student body this fall that sexual assault was an issue that needed to be taken more seriously and that our student population really wanted us to address it, there had been protests all around Calgary regarding the lack of support for sexual assault survivors and the lack of consent education. CSWIG knew that we had to do something about it. We were lucky enough to have the opportunity to collaborate with administration and really be able to start bringing things in within the confines of what we were able to do this year. So we are able to bring in a presentation on consent, and it's unfortunately not mandatory, but it's going to lay the platform for a presentation next year to hopefully be mandatory for the entire student body. We're working on getting teacher training so that they're able to carry out these discussions in a way that makes the students and the teachers comfortable. So that's really important that we keep our teachers safe when we're having these difficult discussions. So we're really excited to bring that program in. Just having the ability to talk about these issues is such a huge step. So it's been really great to kind of have this education campaign going on, and we're going to continue to try to get that message out and also spread it to other schools. Yeah, and obviously this work is not something that one person can do on their own. Mm -hmm. So I think what's so great about C-SWAG is that we're all working together towards the same goal, but we have different parts operating in different ways to be able to help each other out. So the education and the research subcommittees are always helping the other ones as well. Being able to post it on social media. Being able to post on social media. The community outreach subcommittee helps get our message out to the student body. So really, the sexual violence subcommittee is helped by the rest of them. And it makes our work more efficient almost, even though it is a slow process. (laughs) Yeah, and one of the benefits of the subcommittee is we've been able to reach out to so many more students and have them join CSWAG through the subcommittees, which has been great because we've been able to achieve so much work, particularly involving sexual violence prevention, since we've been able to expand and just get a couple uh, more people working on that fight. Yeah, and because sexual violence is such a prominent issue within our society, I felt that it was important to have a subcommittee specifically dedicated Mm -hmm. to that, just so it it sends the message out that it is an important issue. And even though, despite what society tells us, despite what our curriculum might tell us, that Mm -hmm. it isn't and that people shouldn't focus on it, I think having the subcommittee have a focus on it is sort of counteracting what we've been told. So what's the reception been like for your group and its work from the broader student body at your school? The reception has been very good, which was surprising to me. I'm always fearful of pushback, and I obviously want to make sure that everyone part of the committee is safe and, you know, not feeling as if they're in danger. But our student body has been very positive to the work that we've been doing. We've had a lot of people recently sign up to go to this presentation on consent, which is truly amazing. And a lot of people have been talking about it. So it's really been great to kind of see those conversations begin to spark surrounding these difficult topics. I would say the only pushback that we've received is more from adults within the Calgary community. And that is a very, very small percentage. It's just comments on a news article. Yeah, Yeah, strangers online, like (laughs) not necessarily in person. And obviously, that is something that will happen with the nature of our work. But I think that shifting the lens on the negativity of those comments, it just kind of proves the point as to why we need this work. 
So it fuels me to do more work and keep talking about this. Yeah, and I felt through the whole process really supported by the school community. What advice would you give to students in other high schools who might be interested in starting a similar group? That's actually really funny you asked. Yesterday, I had a meeting with a student who goes to Central Memorial High School, which is another high school within Calgary, because she wants to start her own committee at Central, which is awesome. And I think my advice to them would just be to keep going and keep pushing and make it whatever you want it to be, because it's an important issue. And the more people, the better. The more committees we have across the city and the country, the more government will hear us and the more steps forward we can take. I think patience as well is very (laughs) important. There has been a lot of process that has taken a while and it can sometimes be frustrating when the systems around you aren't as keen on that work, but progress is slow. So I think definitely having that patience and that support system and checking in with your peers to make sure that they're doing okay and pushing through even when it gets difficult because the results do pay off. And I would say that if people want to create a committee like CSWAG, then it would be awesome to reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. We just want to see this spread and we really want to see this change happen. And I think it's something that could be of use nationally. Yeah, and I like what Haley said about listening to your peers. Just listen to other people who are also passionate about this line of work because you're not always right, right? So listening to other people who are passionate about feminism, about gender equality, about protecting survivors of sexual abuse, just listen to them and collaborate. And also to reach out to other organizations within your school. And teachers and counselors. Yeah, teachers, as well as organizations within our community. And that's been really great to hear different perspectives and be able to work with strong women outside of school and get their mentorship. So reach out to other people. And thinking about the kinds of issues that CSWAG is responding to at the level of your school, what kinds of changes at higher institutional levels would you like to see? Oh my goodness, consent education. I've said it once (laughs) and I will say it again. I'm really hoping to be able to, this spring, talk to people more at a government level Mm -hmm. about getting consent part of the education Consent is just such a basic concept that needs to be taught and understood within our communities. And another thing on a more systematic issue is getting a committee like CSWIG in like every high school in Calgary yeah. and on a national level. Right now, as a committee, consent education is our number one goal, just because it seems to be the most tangible at the moment. And I'd also, this is an individual want of mine. I'd love to learn about more feminist history yeah, and social studies. I'd love to learn civil about rights more movement. civil rights movement, about more women who are scientists. So just Mm -hmm. more representation within education and especially women of color as well. Also just like representation within the media we consume, you know, reading books in English that are written by women and not just white women. I think it's so important that we incorporate different perspectives and different experiences because once again, through education and through seeing things in art and seeing other people's perspectives and being able to empathize with characters from different backgrounds, you're able to gain a better understanding of how you operate in society and how everyone else operates in society and their experiences. It's a lot easier to kind of break down prejudice and discrimination through the media we consume. So I would love to see a shift in education that incorporates more women and women of color. You have been listening to my interview with Emma Clark and Haley Bryant 
of the Committee on the Status of Women and Girls, a feminist group at Western Canada High School in Calgary. To learn more about the group, go to cswag.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.